0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. And this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what the heck works with social media. I've also got a really... Cool app that I want to share with you. But before I do that, I should tell you what the heck today's show is about, huh? I forgot to put that in there when I wrote the script here. So today's show is about visual social media marketing. And I'm going to be joined by Donna Moritz. And if you don't know who Donna is, you're going to love her by the time we're done with this podcast. And we're going to talk about all the crazy, creative things that you can do with visuals to take your social media marketing to an entirely new level. And I mentioned just a minute ago that I've got a really cool new app that I want to share with you, and I'm going to go ahead and do that right now. After introducing a vegetarian diet to piranhas, look what Michael Stelzner discovered. I was uh, recently in Vegas with my friend Joel Com, and he introduced me to this really cool app called Hang With, as in hanging out with. Hang With is an app that from your iPhone or from your Android phone allows you to do live streaming with the push of a button directly to your Facebook page or directly to other people that happen to have the Hang With app. And it's really cool because it's not just like recording a video and sticking it up on Facebook. It's actually a live broadcast. And then when the broadcast is done, the actual video itself is available on YouTube. So let me kind of tell you how he introduced this to me. We were at the Rio at a conference and we were at uh, one of these buffets and it had this massive dessert bar. And you know, uh, being the the crazy guy that Joel is, he said, hey, let's do a quick little video. So he brought out his iPhone and we wandered around the food uh, dessert buffet. And he asked me to kind of narrate what was going on. And it was just a quick two minute video. And it was broadcast live to all of his followers on the Hang With app. And it was broadcast to his wall. And he just simply hit the record button. And when he done, when he was done hitting the record button, it was done live broadcasting, and it just did everything for him completely seamlessly. I think this is a really cool thing, and maybe this is the future of where we're going to go um, with you know, photography and video, the idea of a live component. So I think it's really cool. I've not personally played with it, but I experienced it you know, having been there with Joel and him doing it and seeing the results on Facebook. I thought it was really cool. So check out hangwith.com. It's available for the Android and the iPhone. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Now with that, let's transition over to today's awesome interview. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest, I'm very excited to be joined by Donna Moritz. If you don't know who Donna is, she's a visual marketing expert, in particular, a visual social media marketing expert. She's also the founder of Socially Sorted, a blog designed to help small businesses achieve more with visual social media. Donna, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Michael. It's great to be here.
0: So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Let's start with well, let's start with defining what is visual social media marketing.
1: Okay, um, so in a nutshell, I think of it as using images or some kind of imagery to communicate visually. So, using images or video um, to uh, tell a story or share a message, and really, we've been doing it in marketing for years. Like you know, way before the crazy days of Mad Men, and since then as well. So in fact, as humans, we've always really communicated visually. So, it's in our nature and um, we process images quite quickly. We're drawn to them and that's why it's been used in advertising for a long time. But I think in the last couple of years, there's been a shift to visual social media. So, uh, the web's been called the visual web and more and more I'm seeing it weave its way into every platform. So, I guess visual marketing kind of it's kind of merged with social media, and they've had a baby called <laughs> visual social media, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Um,
0: you know, and let's talk, yeah. about, let's talk about a little bit of the backstory here, because if you think about some of the old social networks, like, for example, Twitter, Twitter was really yeah. uh, an alternative to text messaging. And if you think about LinkedIn, yeah. LinkedIn had almost no visuals at all. So, talk, yeah. talk to us a little bit about the evolution and why visuals are mattering so much now.
1: Oh, for sure. We did. I did an infographic about this last year, and um, it's uh, it's it's basically what's happened is we started with the humble blog. Um, You know, people started to write online in the written form and in sort of five hundred to a thousand words or more. That hasn't changed a lot, but people discovered they could publish whatever they wanted and build a community of readers around their blog. And then along came Facebook, and things changed. And all and in in a sense, posts became a lot shorter. And as you said, then, you know, people could engage on Facebook, just like on the blogs, but then Twitter burst onto the scene. And then, you know, with 140 characters, I remember that I didn't understand it at first, but
0: Neither did it was I. crazy.
1: And then, <laughs> yeah, so we'd gone from blogging to micro blogging in a sense, but it, it didn't stop there. And that's when it gets interesting. Basically, we then went, you know, YouTube came on board and then Tumblr with videos and photos and super fast news feeds and we've kind of moved from blogs to microblogs to multimedia microblogs in a way and from there, there was nowhere really to go but to communicate in pictures. We're now communicating purely in images on Instagram and Pinterest, you know, and, and truly sometimes no words are even necessary. It's it's really, we've come from... Um, you know, painting on walls in caves to using pictures again.
0: It's, it's, it's awesome. Kind and I, of, um, and I yeah, think, you know, really
1: uh, watch progression.
0: mobile cameras, you know, the fact that everybody seems to have a, a smartphone and, and on that smartphone, they've got a camera that can take still photography and video, I think is making yeah. it even more popular now. I mean, I've even heard statistics in the last couple of years that Facebook is one of the largest repositories of pictures on the internet. And that's pretty crazy yeah. if you think about that.
1: Insane. Uh, there's a there's a I found a quote the other day. Um, a guy called Dottavio Samuels. I hope I said his name right. I think he's from a marketing brand called a marketing business called Global Hue. And he's the quote was that the only thing shorter than a tweet or a post is a picture. <laughs> huh. It's true. It's it's very quick. And we process information so quickly. And and taking a picture on the go is so much easier now for people even than you know making a status update and. You know, he, I think he said that pictures or images are almost like a snippet about the brand or the article or the site or the piece of content. So it's, it's, it's almost like a preview. Um, it's amazing. It's, it, people are just, yeah, you can see it happening on Instagram, really. Um, and uh, the platforms, like you said, are all becoming really image-centric. Um, yeah, It's, so it's, it's really intriguing
0: if you think about this because uh, when Pinterest burst on the scene in a major way, Uh, maybe a year and a half ago when everybody started talking about it. Um, it, All of a sudden, everybody started saying, okay, visual is what we need to do. And you began to see kind of this... um, gosh, I don't know how to say it, but all the social networks started kind of looking alike. (laughs) It's almost as if there was crossbreeding within the same family, you know? And the end result was uh, Twitter has pictures, LinkedIn has pictures, Facebook has pictures. Everybody has it now. And it's become this really, really big thing. And there's so many different variations of it. So Donna, maybe you can kind of just break down a little bit. What are the different Uh, images that we can use, you know, as marketers
1: Yeah and and I think you've raised a good point there first just to quickly highlight what has happened with the platforms if that's okay like yeah. um LinkedIn um, I think I had an article on Social Media Examiner, but it, it's now allowing users to feature images and video in their professional portfolio feature. Twitter Twitter is showing images by default. LinkedIn purchased SlideShare. Facebook bought Instagram. Um, what else has happened? Shareaholic announced in October that Pinterest is now the second largest tra- driver of traffic in the world wow. uh, to websites, which is phenomenal. Um, and Instagram's gone from 100 to 150 million users a month, you know, YouTube's had up to four billion views a daily. I'm just trying to think. What the other ones? Are. There's a, you know, there's so many stats. You're, you're right. And the um the different types of images that we can use. There's there's a whole bunch of them. That's what you asked, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I mean, just so, like from um, the marketer's so perspective. Across the platforms. Yeah, from the marketer's yeah, so. perspective, what are our options? You know, because I want you to help explain to people that are listening right now that we're not just talking about throwing up a stock picture. Of, you know, a person swinging a golf club if you happen to have a golf course. I mean, elaborate a little bit on what our options are when it comes to visual marketing.
1: Okay, so there's a number of different types of images that I see that sort of cover, it's a cover all. So there's video and obviously YouTube is massive. I won't go into video as being an an entity in itself, that's another whole topic. But when I talk about video, I mean... Short, snappy video, so video on Instagram, video on Vine, or even just the video you take on your phone, just to make that easy. It's very accessible. Um, Images and graphics, Uh, photos that you take yourself, Uh, slides or slideshare presentations, Uh, infographics, which are like a – you've seen them on Pinterest, those large, long graphics that have some sort of story or break down data into a visual visual picture, and text-based images. You can even have text on images. So they're the different types. The ones that I find are the heavy hitters, the ones that get the most mileage and get the most shares and get the most response, uh, can really be broken down into four, maybe five image types. Um if you're looking at it strategically. So the first one is tips. So just providing some information, um, your your knowledge on an image in some way. Um, it can have some written content added in or text content added in. Uh, a how-to, so showing people how to do something and that can be using photographs, or it can be using um, images with arrows or text overlays. There's lots of different ways to do it. Uh, quotes are massive. People love to share quotes. Uh, checklists are another great one and infographics is the fifth one. But those f- top four tips, how-to quotes and checklists, I find if you break it down into those, they all help or inspire in some way. And I think it's Jay Baer talks about being inherently useful in his book. Uh, if you look at images and how they, the ones that get shared well are always really in most cases, really helpful to your target audience. So nothing's changed as far as content. You need to look at, you know, who your client is, what their challenge is, providing great content to give you some sort of give them some sort of you know result or comfort. Um, so they're the four types that I would say are the most useful uh, if if you break it down, and then they're the best place to start.
0: Awesome. And uh, just to clarify for those listening, uh, Jay Bear's book that Donna mentioned is called Utility, Y-O-U, Utility. And um, yes. here's a couple of questions. I mean, first of all, this is very intriguing to think about how you could take um, – Uh, recraft content that has already been written, for example, on a blog post and put together a how to image or uh, uh, tips or even quotes from the article. Can you speak a little bit about the, um, the repurposing of content that is written content and how that might be a powerful source of visuals?
1: Yeah, I think um, there's a couple of aspects to it. You're giving people information that they can easily, they can easily um, relate to. I mean, we, We're so bombarded with information nowadays that if you can put something into an image, you know, we're hardwired to connect emotionally to images. We react to them quickly, better than video or audio or text, really, as as much as I love all of those. You get a much quicker connection. People make decisions quicker. They take action on images if if they're... um, if they're in that image format versus having to go to a lot of text. So if you can get a how-to into an image format, there's a number of um, you know websites and businesses that do it really well where they take a photo of a sequence or take photos in sequence of some really simple uh, procedure or something that they're trying to show. It could be uh, an exercise program. It could be a recipe. It could be how to make something. It could be how to organize your day. Uh, and they put it into a, a visual format and put it on a on a graphic, either a square one or a portrait-shaped or an, an infographic size. It can be any shape. When I talk to you about tools, you understand that it's very easy to do this. People get very overwhelmed, but it's easier than you think. And sometimes you can tease a little too. So if you, put the, if you make that graphic stand alone and you have somewhere that there's an indication that you can get more information on the blog – or they click through to get more information. Then sometimes you don't have to have the whole procedure on the informa- on the uh, on the graphic. You can just have a little bit of information, and then people are clicking through from Pinterest to your blog, or they're clicking through from Facebook to your blog. So it's a little bit about the art of the tease as well. But at the end of the day, people want cheat sheets, quick fixes, step by step. If you can give it to them in an image, then you know that that's it's it, it's a uh, boom. <laughs> Is all I can say. Awesome. It it, it works well.
0: Awesome. Um, So, we're going to get to uh, some of those tools in a minute. But just yeah. so I can reiterate a little bit about what you're saying. So let's just say for whatever reason, I was doing an article on how to make a paper airplane. I could take a photograph yeah. of maybe the four steps to make a simple paper airplane. And at the bottom of the image, yeah. and I could say, uh, click here for three ways to, to super turbocharge your airplane or something. So that yeah. way that image yeah. would, would, not, would, would serve as a functional whole, but it would also have a yeah. strong call to action to get someone to click through and go to, for example, the blog post or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it it sometimes there's there's times when you want to click through to you know call to action, and sometimes you want them to share. So if you're on Facebook and you're really looking to build engagement, maybe the type of image you use might be more just one that people are sharing. They're not necessarily clicking through to your blog, versus if you're doing something where you're putting it on Instagram, and people are sharing it from your blog onto Instagram. That's another thing that can happen a lot. Uh you, you do want them to tease, to tease them back. So it's a great way to do it. You could also have a picture of the finished product, you know, and, and just have a nice overlay text, over overlay how to make a, you know, an awesome paper aeroplane and then people will see it and want to know how to do it. So we often want to, it's that fear of, fear of missing out and the encouraging people to find out more. I, I bet every one of the listeners on this program has had that experience where they've, come to um an image and they've felt compelled either to click on it like it share it (laughs) um repost it save it you know we've all had that um reaction so if you can be a little bit clever you can get some really good really good uh, i'll give um, you a great example
0: we recently shared an image on uh, our facebook page and it was titled "Here's What Really Happened at Stonehenge," and it—I uh, oh. I hope I'm pronouncing this right—but what it was, it was it was uh, like a three-level Stonehenge, and uh, it was mm-hmm. an, it was Angry Birds, you know. And the idea was that oh, the, yeah. top, the top layers were destroyed by Angry Birds or something, and people went nuts and they shared it <laughs> everywhere, and it was very very popular. And I guess that's yeah. kind of a, an example of an image yeah. that's really just designed to get our community to do something, which is just to react to it, and that works. Let me ask you, Donna. Yeah. Talk about what are the elements of a good visual. Like, what makes something shareable? Can you can you break it down a little bit for us?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, there's a couple of things I've mentioned. A couple of them. Firstly, like any piece of content, think about what you want it to do, and often um, and where you want people to go. But if you can have content that helps or inspires, that's a great start. The third one that often adds a a real shareable factor is making it timely. So if there's some sort of breaking news or celebration or event uh, and you can get an image out quickly, then it sets up something that I've found has worked really well on a couple of um, businesses that I've worked with before and some of these are very small businesses and some are very big. I'll give you an example. If I talk about this image, and I'll give you an example of what makes you know a really shareable image. There's a company called Know Your Midwife, and they're a, a midwifery private midwifery um, practice. Uh, they don't have a massive, massive following. It's, it was a thousand at the time. Now maybe seventeen hundred. And we just started to consistently put up images that were shareable and relevant to their community. And a lot of them were quotes about natural birth and empowered, you know, empowered birthing. What happened was we would post them the same time every day, similar style, like they're quite bright and engaging and people were starting to share them in the community, people with other pages in a similar area were starting to look to their page for content to share because at the end of the day, we often all wake up if we're sharing content, whether you're a small business or a content creator going, what am I going to post this week and having to constantly be coming up with content. So, we were providing content that was uh, original in the sense that we'd made up the image. They hadn't seen it anywhere else. It was a quote. It wasn't necessarily their quote. It was shareable. It was inspiring or helpful. It was uh, consistent. So, people knew to come to the page if they wanted to, and they were recognizing these quotes and sharing them. We were getting between 20 to 100 shares on a page with only a 1,000 to 1,700 fans and the one day that in particular, and we've had this happen a couple of times where there was an event, so we had International Midwife Day, I quickly got on PicMonkey, made up an image, made up a quote, like a really nice quote about midwives and put it out there and we didn't brand it so that it was even more shareable in this case because sometimes people like to share Images, so they kind of look like they're their own on Facebook. It went gangbusters. We had 1,400 shares by the end of the day. Wow. I watched it. I watched it go throughout Australia. I was saying to my husband, my goodness, look at this. This is crazy. And then we all went to bed and I was still up watching it go crazy in America. (laughs) Um, So, so
0: talked about, I mean, a lot of people are probably wondering, okay, that's pretty cool. What's Mm. the business benefit of doing something like that?
1: On Facebook… In particular, it is often building engagement and getting your obviously with Facebook uh, rank, which we're all watching very closely at the moment because reach is dropping because Facebook's obviously gearing up to encourage us to advertise more. So it does give a lot of organic reach. so if you are if you are relying purely on reach based on whether the, Facebook decides your images are seen, you know, and it depends on whether the person, how often they're interacting with your content, you know, what sort of content you're providing. There's lots of different, I won't go into edge rank. I'm not an expert in it, but there's lots of different factors, as you know. If you can get images that are shared by one person to another, then you can almost start to hack (laughs) edge rank in a way because you're, letting your community do the sharing and getting reach for you versus you having to rely on Facebook putting the image out. Um, so there is that There is that advantage. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. And, I mean, yeah. obviously the source of where it um, came That's from is always there on Facebook. So people, yeah. if they want more of that, they're going to click yep. and they're going to find out where that is from. And it's yeah. just a great way for you to grow a more um, – uh, relevant following because people would not share a midwife quote
1: yeah. co- you know one
0: midwife of those kind of things if they weren't that interested in that right so yeah it,
1: these are pregnant so it's pregnancy sites and birthing sites and things like that and the other thing is it's um it also establishes you as an expert authority in your in your niche you know you're providing content regularly I, i'm sure that I'm, i think it was Cynthia Sanchez mentioned on your podcast about the Pinterest stat, which is twenty percent or eighty percent of content is um, shared content on uh, on Pinterest, so twenty percent is original content. Mm. I really believe that it 's similar on facebook i haven 't seen any stats, maybe we need to do that, <laughs> but I see it all the time. I think original content people see, and especially images when you merge the, the power of imagery with original content they do get shared a lot and if you can be creating some of your own original content you've got more chance of it being shared versus having to share everybody else's i think it's it's very powerful and that 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 i've done that time and again with that site and other sites recently and we've seen it work again and again you have to play around with the content make sure your content suits your audience but the thing is with that particular business, they've had, um, you know, they've gained clients out of people finding them through their through their content. And, and for a midwifery practice, that's, you know, a $5,000 private birthing client. So... Um, uh, that's
0: awesome. And I want to just um, reiterate something for those that are listening right now. What works is consistency. So, yes. Donna has been putting up an image regularly or, you know, her client was. And, um, you know, you just throw one image up there, you're probably not going to get a, a great response. But if you can be strategic and come up with 20 images that you're going to create, you know, maybe in one afternoon or in one day and share them over the period of weeks, that's where the magic happens. Am I right?
1: Yes, absolutely. And one of the things is, um, it, it's there's a very good tip I have here, and I'll come to this with tools, is if you're creating images Think of it like any other piece of content. You don't sit down and put one Facebook post up or one tweet. Generally, people will use some automation and scheduling tools. With these tools that are available now to make images, I wouldn't just make one quote. I'd make make even a template. If you want to brand it, you can, but some sort of template that you can just then make five or ten quotes or five or ten tips and do a series. And then you've got a series of images that you can have ready to go and you have them scheduled scheduled out. Like you can do it through Buffer or you know Ho- Hootsuite or whatever you use. You can have them ready to go, and it becomes very easy. It's not overwhelming. You don't need to be, you know, you don't need to have a lot of time to do this. Uh, another, another example is a, a business called Why Travel Blog. Uh, Kaz and Craig mate piece. They are. Um, They're one of the biggest travel blogs in the world and it's an amazing blog but they actually have a massive following on Pinterest and this is mind-blowing. Their following on Pinterest is 4.35 million or something insane which is – there are not many brands or bloggers that have that sort of following on Pinterest. It's pretty unique but they've been – we've been doing – trialing um, some images. They did these uh, truth – truth travel bombs, (laughs) they called them, you know, little debunking uh, the myths about travel. And they just had a very simple image designed. Uh, They got the template designed, but then they can overlay the tip. So, they just worked with their designer or you can go to Fiverr or use one of the other tools. Uh, I just got some feedback from the the other day. They had a three to five time increase in traffic from Facebook to their blog, just from posting up some of these images regularly. Wow! And um, I'm sure I can give you the links to some of these, like their Facebook links that they still oh, yeah. exist. Well, uh, we'll make sure yeah. to get
0: those in the show notes. And yeah. I hope people that are listening, I hope your minds are being blown right now because <laughs> there is so many, this is not complicated. These are really, no. really cool ideas. And you know you might be listening right now and saying, well, I'm not... How do I do this? I don't have Photoshop yep. or whatever. Talk to yep. us about the easy tools that are out there that make this so much easier.
1: Yes. So I am not a graphic designer. Um, I'm a frustrated want-to-be graphic designer. I went through health. I was a health professional originally, and then had a other businesses. So I'm nothing special. I don't design. You know, our, our, we have infra, we have an infographic design. Um, team, but I don't do that. We have designers. So when I'm talking about some of these images, I do them myself, and I use a number of tools. Uh, The first one that I did discover, so I'll mention it first because I still love it, is PicMonkey, and you've had that one mentioned on your podcast before. And it's great. It's an image editing tool that doubles as an image creation tool in a way. So there's lots of cool templates and effects and um, little tools you can use. And it's very intuitive. And you can jump in and start using it. And there's lots of templates. The other one that I am absolutely in love with, and I know other people have raved about it on this show and on uh, the Social Media Examiner site is Canva. So C-A-N-V-A dot com. And Canva is now out of, I don't know if they're out of beta, but people are getting in to have an account very quickly now. I just talked to them this morning to check and they said, yes, you can get your account and your username very quickly. And they are unique in that they've made graphic design very accessible to everybody. It's I must give you a warning. If you go into Canva, you might not come out for a couple of days. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's got it. They've actually been clever because the thing that I used to find annoying is going into stock libraries. It's another job you have to do, and some of them aren't that great anyway. But Canva have actually put a stock library, library, sorry, within their program, so. There's a million photos you can access. Um, Some of them are are etched out, so you can have the background cut out. They've got amazing social media templates. um, And, you know, so if you wanted to get started, you can just go into Canva and, and just start to do some simple templates. They have things like, you know, hot or not, or yes or no, or some of those just little images that you can start to use for engagement on Facebook even. Or you can tweak the templates and make them into whatever you like. They've got blog images. There's all sorts. I have uh, heard from them this morning that, and I can say that I do know, I've been in Canva before, it was in beta, so I've been um, involved quite early on, so I'm very lucky to have been able to use it for a while. But they are now adding some photo filters and manipulation tools as well, um, and also some Instagram type filters and i can say that there's things coming in canva that will blow everybody's minds i think they're only a part a very small way along what they have planned um, yeah and so i want to the i want to reiterate
0: ones. too that that uh, picmonkey monkeycom yes. and canva.com yep. are both spectacular and you do not need to know anything about design i mean no. we're talking drag and drop in your web browser free um, canva yep. does as donna said have stock photography and and, and And some is free and some is pay. And that's probably how they're monetizing their site. Yes.
1: Sorry, I meant to say they are monetizing. There's Membership is free on Canva, but you pay $1 per photo or image. Um, But you can
0: always upload your own images if you happen to have some.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Same with PicMonkey. Uh, PicMonkey makes money by a small monthly membership, which is very, very low. It's very worth it. It's $5 or something like that. The one difference
0: Uh, is you cannot save images on PicMonkey yet. Yes. So that's the big challenge.
1: Yeah, I did talk to them recently. It's not happening just yet. But they have – they both – and hopefully that will. Um, so just be very careful if you're saving something. Like I went in and did some templates in PicMonkey the other day and I saved them to my computer and then I upload them and then just overlay the text that there I want go. for my chip or whatever. But just be very careful with that. And they do both have custom canvases now so you can go in and choose any size and get your background and, you know, it's, it's like um, – it's very, once you get inside, there's so much you can learn, but it's very, it doesn't overwhelm you, which is good. Uh, and I always say one platform at a time, one tool at a time, just, you know, take it easy. Don't get too excited. But the um, the other ones that I use, if you uh, just on tools, and I, this is just breaking it down to the bare bones so that people can get started and not overwhelmed, is on your phone. I really just mainly use Instagram and over app. Um, it's, Called, I think it's www.madewithover.com. dot com. Now that's so a pay, that's a
0: paid app, right?
1: Uh, over is free. I oh, think. is it? Okay, okay, cool. It might be. You can pay for extra parts. Don't quote me on that. I I'm not sure if the, it's been so long since I I downloaded. It. I can't remember. But it's it's very cool. Um, even just following them on Instagram, you get some great ideas. Uh, and the other thing that I use a lot is just a simple screenshot uh, program. So either on your Mac, Command Shift F4, oh, sorry, Command Shift 4 just take a screen grab, or use something like com. Yeah, and, and I think
0: we use that. something called Jing, I think, too. I don't know if you've ever and heard Jing, of that. Jing is great, too. J-I-N-J. So what we use
1: that for is another type of image... Uh, where you can take screenshots. Um, Mari Smith is very good with that. She'll take a screenshot of something on her computer and then put lots of little cute arrows showing this is how it works. Right. Um, anything you can show a procedure. Uh, but but screenshots can be really great. I've taken screenshots of tweets before and put them on Facebook. Um, you know, you can take screenshots of testimonials and you post them somewhere else. So, screenshots can be really great. But they're the main ones. Obviously... Um, I can talk to you a little bit about infographics kind of another whole topic but there's some good tools with those as well so Yeah
0: let's talk about that um okay. just just to clarify I spelled Jingrong, it's J-I-N-G. And also, um, if you want to see some examples, uh, we use PicMonkey and Canva um, to do all the cool little graphics that we have on My Kids Adventures with each one of the posts, and and we love it. Yes. Now, let's talk about infographics, because I do think a lot of people are like, whoa. And just clarify for those that don't know what infographic is, just give us kind of the quick high level of what it is, and then talk about any tools that can help create them.
1: Cool. Yep, for sure. So, an infographic is uh, a visual representative – well, the traditional term is it's a visual representative re- representation, should I say, of some sort of data. So, you're using images to explain or help explain information and – the rule is generally, if you can't explain it visually and it ends up being full of text, then maybe it shouldn't be an infographic. So, you want to make it as visual as possible and you're helping someone to understand your message or story or concept. Now, traditionally, they have a lot of you know bar graphs and different fun ways of showing information. Um, like I said before, we've done a lot of infographics in my business and also for clients and I tend to be a bit of a rebel with infographics. We do a lot of different styles. I don't think that there are any rules as long as they convey a story um, and help someone understand some sort of concept or how-to. So they can be like a how-to infographic or a summary of a blog post or... And they could be
0: really long, right? Because I've seen infographics that just like go on forever.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So my general rule is when we create them, um, and I'll get to how you can create them, because this is really important. I, I love making them and we make high-end ones and they get massive shares, but I'm really passionate about the fact that anyone can make infographics. You don't have to have, you know, a snazzy designer or illustrator. So, but before I go there, the thing is with the length of them, that's another way that you can really hack the system. So, I would say at the moment, I think it's 735 pixels across is the ideal size for Pinterest. It often changes, but I we tend not to go any lo- longer than five thousand pixels because it just gets a bit ridiculous. Um, that's but, a lot.
0: That's really long though.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can you can do a great infographic that's three thousand, four thousand uh, long, and they're suited for Pinterest and they they can be embedded in a blog post. However, I've done them about fifteen hundred to two and a half thousand pixels before, and they sit really nicely in Facebook, and they actually are readable in Facebook. The really long ones, you can't you have to click and open they don't open well in Facebook um, but there's a real trick to infographics and I think the thing that I've discovered is that when we have a really great blog post with an infographic embedded in the blog post that's relevant to the blog post and helps share this, this, the content and then that infographic is shared out to other platforms the results are, have just been phenomenal. Um, you we're talking like tens of thousands of shares and and the secret source comes when other blogs then reblog the the blog post or the infographic with a short introduction, and that's when you can get amazing content shared and i started we started out thinking that businesses would want to do a lot of infographics and we do get them, but in actual fact, it's been a lot of bloggers that have used them to get you know to establish themselves as an authority in an area or to um get bigger reach or to launch a product or there's all sorts of things. But um, I think with infographics, they can really raise brand awareness and establish authority and they don't have to be filled with boring data. Uh, we, I refuse to do them if they're going to be like that. So, um, what I will say is I've got an article that I wrote on how to – it was on – we did it through entrepreneur, entrepreneur.com. It's on my website as well. Um, how – it's called The Seven Superpowers of a Knockout Infographic. Uh, and I can give you the link to that. It, it basically goes through the different, different elements of an infographic, you know, getting your story right and making sure that there's flow and, and each section sort of stands alone and the information is visually represented well. There's lots of different tips. Awesome. And to,
0: we ad- will make sure to get that in the show notes. Yeah. And we'll how tell to, folks how, how to get the, to the show notes. One of the questions I'm sure a lot of people are wondering is what tools are out there to create infographics?
1: Yes, Okay, so I will go back to Canva firstly, only because oh, – Canva and PicMonkey. Surprisingly, I have used them both to create infographics. I, I did not use our designer and I did them myself and I've had a couple that I've done really easily in those programs. So they have – you know, you can create any size you want in there and there's lots of different elements you can bring in or use photos. Uh, so it is possible to create them in those tools. The other ones are, that I love, is PictoChart. Um, PictoChart.
0: Yes. Okay. I'm just trying to
1: think. The, is it P-I-K-T-O-C-H-A-R-T, I think?
0: We'll, we'll double check um, that and make sure we get that right in the show notes. Yes.
1: Uh, there's also Easily and Visually. I'm just trying to think what the other ones are. They're the main ones. There's a couple of others, but I... I tend to come back to Pictochart that's that's the one that um
0: Is that a paid app or what is that exactly?
1: They pic- all um they all have sort of free and paid versions so just off the top of my head I can't remember which one's which but I know that I know with Pictochart I'm currently paying um say $29 a month cuz I've got the advanced version. Gotcha. But, but there's other ones that you can use. And it's a drag
0: and drop kind of thing, just like the canvas. Yeah, very.
1: Yeah. so very templated. They all have templates in there. Pictochart chart um, is my, the one that I tend to use if I do that. Um, but visually, spelled V-I-S-U-A-L dot L-Y. Um, easily is the same. It's one of those weird uh, URLs, E-A-S-E-L dot L-Y. And infogram is another one. I n f o g r dot am. So there's a few of them.
0: And Picto um, is P-I-K-T-O chart.
1: Yeah, I, Picto Chart. I
0: was just able we confirm And they that.
1: they all have great templates. Some of them allow you to bring in your own data and create graphs and things easily. Um, you know, and, and another one that I've seen, I did one recently where we just used uh I think we used Canva and we used a template. And we just put photos in in a step sequence. It was a template that had you know photos ready to go. You know, you could just move your photos into the into the uh, into the spaces on the image. Well, they're called grids grids on Canva, and that's a really easy way to create a really simple infographic. Just a how to quick. Wow. You know, and it was a longer yeah. So there's lots of different tools and and. I would recommend if you do do an infographic and you're happy with it, don't just post it on Pinterest, embed it in a blog post if there's something more that you can say because you'll get much more mileage out of it. And if it's a good one, then other blogs will probably repost it for you.
0: Wow. Now, I'm sure if you're listening right now while you're running or walking or driving, you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I need to take a bazillion notes because there's okay. so much awesome stuff, Donna, that you shared. And don't worry, we're going to have absolutely everything that Donna mentioned in the show notes, and we'll tell you how to get to that in a, in a little bit. Um, okay. Donna, you have been literally spectacular. I know that I've written down all these ideas of what I want to do now as soon as we hang up. Um, <laughs> where can folks discover more about you and about visual marketing? Where do you want to send everyone?
1: Okay, so, well, I'd love for people to come to my blog. That's my, my home base and where I hang out. Um, I
0: you want to tell them where to is, go?
1: Yeah, socially, so it's sociallysorted.com.au. And I also uh, have a three-part video series if people are interested in learning a little bit more. So, they can – it's basically on how to create – original images that get shared and drive traffic to your business. And it's pretty jam-packed. There's lots of different strategies and tips in there. So it's at www.createtrafficdrivingimages.com. And that's just a three-part free video series.
0: Awesome. And Uh, Just so so I got that URL, createtrafficdrivingimages.com, correct? Yes. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. And they can also come and see me at uh, social media marketing world.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. And guess what Donna is going to be speaking about (laughs) visual social media marketing. Donna, thank you so much for, um, taking time out of your day all the way from Australia to share some of your awesome insights in visual social media. I know for me, it was extremely inspirational and I'm sure that a lot of folks uh, are going to go out there and try this now for the first time. Thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Enjoy. Happy creating.
0: (laughs) Wow. I hope you got a lot out of today's show like I did because there are so many ideas swirling through my head right now. If you missed anything that was mentioned in today's show, we take the notes for you. Every link, every app, all that stuff, you can find it at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 78. And you can also go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash 78 to leave your comments or get your questions answered directly by Donna. Well, this does bring us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world.